Um, I just wanted to follow up with that thought because um, really that's the Father's heart is that, is that we would, um, even though we're far off or those that we may know are far off from him, that he's always looking, he's always searching for ways and, and means and looking for us to come back and looking for those that have wandered off away from a knowledge of him to come back. And that's his, that's his heart. And, you know, on Father's Day we often tell the story of the prodigal son because... That is, that is what it's all about. That's what the gospel is, that he did whatever he needed to do in giving his son Jesus as a sacrifice for us so that we didn't have to be punished, that we didn't have to be out with the pigs, that we didn't have to be, you know, destitute um, so that we could come back. And he doesn't treat us, and we've got to remember that he doesn't treat those ones or think of those ones that we see as being terrible sinners or off doing their own thing. He doesn't look and point his finger. He's not like that. He's looking and searching just like the father was for his son to come home, for his daughters to come home. That's his heartbeat is that he wants, he wants them to come home. And um, I was just, something's been simmering in my spirit and so I just wanted to land it and let you think upon it and we'll follow up on it. God's, God's, on, a, God's on a move with it. He's, not, he's landing something. Um, now we often look at, Australia and the world and, and we can think, oh my goodness, it's getting bad. Does anybody ever think that? Yeah, we can think, how bad is it getting? And, um, and we can get discouraged. But I just wanted to, you know, I encourage you that, it, that even though it can look like it's bad, it can be turned around. And that, um, I'll just find my little quote. After the American... Um, war um you know where the where they had the the civil war yep um at the same time france was working through its revolution so there was you know we think terrorism is bad then but if you look at the french revolution it was pretty pretty gory you know they just went in and guillotined anybody who they didn't like really and um so we think of what's going on around the world but you know that it's it's nothing new it's nothing new. And um, America in that time, in the 17, late 1700s, 1776, America had declared its rights of man. Voltaire was preaching that the church was only a system of oppression in the human spirit. Heard that before? Church is just about to oppress and da-da-da. Karl Marx would later agree, and a new morality had arisen amongst both sexes in all ranks of society. Christianity was held in almost universal contempt. Demonic forces seemed to have been unleashed to drive the church out of existence. In many places, it was almost down and out. Preachers and anyone else would be pelted with stones and coal in places in England if they dared to testify and share about Jesus in public. Is that happening in the street? We're not being pelted with coal and stones yet? <laughs> yeah? <clears throat> but even before these satanic forces collaborate to confound and confuse, it appears that God's Holy Spirit was prepared for his defence. In the 1740s, um, John Erskine of Edinburgh published a pamphlet calling people to pray. And for 40 years, he just kept on talking. Let's pray. Let's get together and, and threes and fours and fives and tens and twelves and pray for revival. Pray for the reestablishment of religion and, and a faith in God. And he just kept it up. And uh, for 40 years, he orchestrated what would become the concert of prayer through correspondence around the world. And you know what they were doing at 3 a.m. on Christmas Eve? They were praying. 
It moved people's hearts that they become so they became so desperate for God to do something that they were praying on Christmas Day at three a.m. Christmas Day, seventeen eighty-one at three a.m. in the morning. Intercessors met to sing and pray. You see, it's all about prayer. When God, when we are faced with our backs to the wall, and I don't know why we often have to get to the point where we're like faced with stuff, but maybe it's because we just get slack. I don't know. But it's, it's that they were praying, and, and for years and years they would pray, but then there was a move of God. And, and we think, oh, you know, people don't want to know. They went through the universities. At Harvard University at this time, they could not find one believer. In Princeton, which was more evangelical, they found two. In some places, the Christians and other universities were meeting in secret and if there was any Christian books on the shelves in the library, they'd been pulled out, made a bonfire with and burnt. So we think, oh, it's, you know, it's never been like this before. Yes, it has. But the thing that it moved God and moved the enemy's forces away from doing what to eradicate the church and Christianity is people gathered to pray. They gathered to pray and seek God's face to pray for God to bring revival. And the first and second great awakenings that flooded through America and England, the UK, India, South Africa, all those places came as a result of people gathering together. Not, and it didn't happen in, in the big established church. It happened in little prayer meetings where two or three men or women would meet together. There was a man in Massachusetts and he um, – his is a pretty cool story because it happened in New York <coughs> – and uh, he was a quiet little guy, so don't think that you have to be out front, a preacher or somebody who's really bold. He was a quiet little man, well, I don't know if he was little, but he was quiet, called Jeremiah Lanfear, and he was a missionary. And because the church was in decline and the life of the city was somewhat similar, he didn't know what to do. He wasn't a preacher, he was a layman, so he wasn't a preacher. He called a prayer meeting in the city to be held at noon each Wednesday it was the first meeting was on the 23rd of September and eventually five or six men turned up. Two weeks later, they started to move to a daily schedule of prayer and within six months, 10,000 men were gathering to pray and that movement spread across America. It was later, it happened in Ireland, they started to pray and it was estimated 100,000 converts resulted directly from this prayer movements happened. All over, you see, you hear about the Welsh revival and the 100,000 that were saved. And Evan Roberts said, you know, I should have asked for more. I should have asked for a million souls. But it's like millions of people came as a result of people gathering to pray. And I just, on Father's Day especially, I just felt the Father's heart, that that is his heart, that we pray. And I saw in the spirit that when we pray, it opens up like portals, if you can think science fiction for a minute. <laughs> it's like we often might think, oh, the heavens are brass over our heads and it feels like what is going on and, and you know, the enemy's throwing attack bombs everywhere. And it's like, but when we pray, it opens up the heavens. When we pray, it pushes back the enemy forces and brings in the angels to help and assist us as we minister. When we pray, it opens up the glory realm. And it only takes two or three people. All through church history, all through the history of Christianity, you will see that it only took two or three people, 10 10 or 12 people to get together to pray and things started to happen. And it's just, you know, we can can start to do it and we go, yes, yes, and then nothing seems to happen so we get discouraged. 
But if we get the Father's heart and his compassion for the lost, his compassion for those who, who just don't know. I mean, you only have to talk to somebody for five minutes to realise that they don't, people don't really have the answers. They don't have the answers to their poverty, to their lack, to their sickness, to their family situations, to their depression. They don't have the answers. But when we pray, it opens up things in the heavenly realm and then heaven. Because our job is to bring heaven to earth. And so we pray and we open up those things. And the whole point of us, you know, God saying to govern over your area, to govern over your city, is imagine if Stuart and Des, they're in their place with two or three people and they're getting together to pray and they govern over their area and they open up their porthole over Williton. And then Sharon's down in Yanjabab and she gets two or three people down there and she begins to pray, God, I just pray for revival. I pray for reviving the people's hearts. I pray that they would come to know. And she opens up the portal over there. And then there's a little link. And then these guys, Lynn and Tracy, they get together and they pray in Hammond Hill. Hammond Hill. I was thinking Yanjabab, Hamilton. And they do that and they pray. And they open up there. And then down in Baldivers, Keith and Elsie, they're praying and they're opening up. Can you see what happens? And that's what has happened through all church history is people, wherever they are, they gather to pray and something breaks open in the heavens realms. Yeah? And imagine if you... Now, what happened back there in the first and second great awakenings where just God moved and literally whole cities were transformed. Whole villages came to know the Lord. There was miracles. There was signs and wonders breaking out. It wasn't where anybody... There was no, hardly anybody preaching. It was them praying and they would say, we're just having a prayer meeting and then the evangelists would get all stirred up and they'd come in their droves. They weren't coming to the Sunday services. They were getting saved in the prayer meetings. They were getting saved and they would be sent. They would have visions and dreams and know where to come to. And they would, and miracles would break out and the Holy Spirit would come. The stuff that we're going, God, do it. It came as a result from people opening up. I don't think, you know, prayer can get a bad rap, yeah? Think of it as you're opening up portholes. Is that, is that a cooler way of thinking about it? I mean, prayer is powerful, but we've, it's been, oh, we've got to pray Think about it in a different way. I am opening up a portal. I'm opening up the spirit realm over my area so that the glory realm of God can come in because you've seen what happens when the glory realm comes. And that's all people who understand the things of the spirit and the things we're pushing into of governing is they open up a portal over where we are. So where you are, open it up. And then things start to happen. And that's all they did. They just said, we're going to determine that where we are, we're going to pray. Now, what the concerts of prayer they did was just they would send a letter out saying, we're praying at this time, at this hour, let's all get together. So you're over there in South Africa and you're praying. And they open it up. And then they're over here in England and they opened it up. And they're over here in Wales and they opened it up. And they're over here in somewhere in London and Massachusetts, New York, Chicago, and they opened it up. So you know what happened? It was just there was an open heaven. Now, Australia was very brand new back then. I was talking to Philip and I was like, why didn't it happen here? And he said, well, it could have, but there just wasn't the numbers because <laughs> it was brand new. We weren't even a nation. But guess what? It's about time, don't you think? And it's like 
the interesting thing of what the Lord is doing, and even in the people that we mix with and, you know, we're connected to, there is, there is connections happening all over Australia. You know, there is hubs opening up that are grabbing the, this concept of prayer and governing the spirit realm and opening things up. And there's like these little cross, criss, criss, crossings all over, Melbourne, Sydney, Brisbane, the Gold Coast, into Adelaide, into down into wherever else in the States. But, you know, every state is being touched do you think God's up to something? Yeah. But you don't have to think, oh, it's just Phil and Dale are going to have a, you know, a prayer meeting over here. I want to just propose to you this morning that wherever you are, because two or three people can move a nation. Two or three people can open up such a force in the spirit realm and a porthole for heaven to come to earth that it will shake wherever you are living. You're going to start to have people knocking on your door because they're sensing something happening in your house. Yeah? Because that has happened before. That's what God wants to do, except he wants to do it, and he wants to do it here. And we've been seeing as we, as we go in the spirit and we look down, we've been seeing... What have we been seeing? Tell me. Lights. What else have we been seeing? Growth. Flourishing. Roses blooming up. Abundance. You know, like fire in some places. That's the Holy Spirit moving. When God wants to do something, he first tells people first, this is what it looks like. So you know what to head towards. And I just want to encourage you today. I'm not going to talk very long because I know people have to go off to lunch. But... Just start to think. I don't, I, you don't have to be big and bold. You just have to go, God, I want to open up the glory realm and where I am. You can do it by yourself, but just to be encouraging one another, do it with two or three. Because that's all that happened. In Massachusetts and New York, that's all that happened. And they had hundreds and hundreds of thousands of people saved within one year because one quiet man said, I'm going to pray and what can I do? Because I'm seeing drunkenness. What was the th- a third of the population was, drunk, was alcoholics and it was like 7%. 7% of the population were alcoholics. And the amount of people they buried from alcoholism every year was astounding. And we're thinking, well, you know, that was back then. But God values and honours prayer. And he values and honours those who will come together and seek his face and humble ourselves and pray. And he says he will then heal our land. And our land needs healing. Our land needs God to come. And we can lobby and we can, you know, all those things for government and all that. But unless people's hearts are changed, you know what we're going to be doing? We're always going to be fighting on the same front over and over and over again to prevent the stuff that the enemy is trying to bring into our nation. The way to change our nation and revolutionise it and completely transform it is for revival, for God to move through and change people's hearts and unstop their ears and clear the eyes that they can see him. Yeah, we've got, to, we've got to stand and speak up. But I tell you what, the way, to, the way to beat what the enemy's trying to do is to get together and open up the glory realm over where you are. Because when you do that, there and there and there and there, they all connect in the spirit and the angels just go bang and stuff happens. And people will start to come. They'll start to come because they're seeking out Jesus. They'll start to come in their droves. Does that sound like fun? So... People are saying yes to same-sex marriage and people should be saying yes to me.
That's right. People are searching. They're searching for the truth. And God wants them to say yes to him. He wants them to say yes to him, not yes to everything else. But we've, we've, our responsibility as his people is to open up heaven where you are. Wherever you are, start to pray and open up heaven. And I, and I, I just, I really feel it in my spirit this morning that, you know, there is, there is it's, it's our choice. You know, it was their choice back there. They could have given up and gone, oh, it's too hard. And the enemy's plan was to wipe out Christianity in those nations. And in some places, that is what has happened. But it's our responsibility in our nation and this time and this hour where God has put you. If you have been brought here from somewhere else, from some other nation, from some other place, it's for a reason. I know I've been brought here for a reason. I come from another place. But God brought me here. You are here for a reason in such a time as this. For you to stand up and say, this is who I am and I know who my God is and he can do mighty exploits through me. Yep. To Alice Springs last year, God spoke to us and said, I want you to go there and pray and some wonderful things happened. But we went to this exhibition. Do you remember the crisscross? And when you talked about connections, the Holy Spirit just reminded me. Um, we were at this Festival of Lights and near Ayers Rock and up in the sky, I, I think it was just the lights did it, but it just stayed there forever and I just couldn't stop looking. And the Lord spoke to me and said, you're all connected in, in prayer because we went there to pray. And I think just listening to you, thinking about one little person, two little people, but in the spirit, it's not like that. There's connections. Yeah. Many of you have heard this before, but I just want to reconfirm something very quickly. Um, I've shared this before, but... When my mum passed away, um, my Lord took me into heaven. And if you want to talk about that some more, I'll talk about that later um, with you privately. But when he took me into heaven, um, he showed me a few things. And one of the things he did show me was he said to me, I want you to turn around and I want you to look down at the earth. And I turned around and I looked down at the earth and I saw a dark cloud around the earth. And I've shared this with many people before. And um, he said to me, when you fail to pray then um, the darkness will, will cover, will keep covering. And he showed me many experiences after that for quite a number of weeks. And one of the experiences I had, and I just want to reaffirm what you're hearing, is that right here in this very corner, right there, I came to church one day and we were all singing and we were praising and we were worshipping God. And I tell you the truth, right there I actually saw moving up and down, the light opening from heaven going up and down in that, I, I was watching it and my spirit was screaming inside saying, sing louder, worship louder. I could actually see the light actually going down, going up and down in heaven right there in that corner. So that is the truth. That's right. It makes a difference. And the praise and the worship and our prayers, it opens up things. It opens up things. So don't underestimate. And we can see ourselves as little. And I do it. I get, I get told off all the time by the Lord because I go, I'm, what can I do? I'm just me. And he says, don't you say that about yourself. You know, don't you say, don't think of yourself less than who you are in the spirit. Because the truth is that people can look like they're very, 
you know, successful and blah, blah, blah. And even, even in church, they can look like that. But it's actually, they may not be like that, actually, in the spirit realm. In heavenly places where it really matters, don't look at the outward. Because little, little, little grandmas have brought more people to the Lord. <laughs> I'm a grandma. And little grandmas have brought more to the Lord than, than you'll ever know until you get up, you know, you, until you ask the Lord about it. You know, it's, it's, it's don't underestimate who we are in God and what a difference we can make. And I tell you what, if we get together and get hold of this and spread it around and share it, and I feel like God's given me a mandate to stir this up because I got it a couple of years ago and I got sidelined. I had this revelation that John, what Jonathan Edwards had of concerts of prayer and getting people to pray, and I got sidelined by the enemy on it. But God reminded me, bang, and I've been on it all night is that if we get together and get this, and this is what the hubs of light are all about, is that it doesn't have to be us being in a big meeting. And I know we go, how does this work? When we meet together like this in a bigger group, that's to stir one another up, to encourage one another, to let that sound out because that is powerful. But I tell you what, those hubs of light that I've been seeing, they are us in our twos and threes in our houses, in our areas, getting together and opening up the portholes of heaven and the glory of heaven comes down to where we are. And I tell you what, when that starts to happen, one, two, three, four, five places, there will be a shift and a change and stuff will start to happen. Because it's already happening here, what we're doing. It's already happening on the East Coast where people are doing it. It's already happening in Wales where they're doing it. Already happening in the UK and America. There is things happening all over the world that are astounding. There's people being raised from the dead, tumours falling off, blind eyes opening, deaf ears popping open. There's been miracles happening left, right and centre. But it's time for us, as Shara said, to step up, to step up to the next level in this because we've been operating here, or here, and God says, come up. Come up higher and really see who you are, who, who you are in me. And he will back us up. I know I've shared with somebody on Monday night that I was, um, I was having my thumb operated on. It's good all the stitches are out, by the way. And... Uh, and I was lying there waiting to go in and to theatre and the, I saw all these angels just bang, bang, bang. It was like a noise, whoosh, all through the door. And I'm like, whoa, what's going on? And then they stood in the semicircle around me and I, I know my, uh, the angel that hangs out with me all the time. And I was like chatting, but he was being very serious that day. He was on a serious assignment. And, uh, but I was like, Lord, why is there so many? And he says, you're governing, you're in a place of government and I'm not taking any chances with you. So when we start to step up and we start to govern over our area and who we are meant to be governing over, God will back us up. There was a lot of angels in that room. I saw them. I felt I was getting totally whacked lying there on the hospital bed and I didn't even have any happy gas, you know. Like, and, and I was like, wow, I see now. God takes it seriously and when we take our assignments in him seriously and gather together, even if it's just a couple, even if it's just your flatmates, even if it's just a friend and, you know, you hang out on a Saturday night and you get together and pray, I tell you what, things will start to open up. Yeah? So let's, I don't want you to go, yeah, 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 and then forget about it. Think about it, ponder, pray about it and seek God's face of what he wants you to do and where he wants you to be and who he wants you to pray with. Because God is on the move. He's, he's on setup. He's on setup right now because he wants, he wants his people. He wants his people to come back to him. He wants people that have never known him to come. He wants to be the answer. So let's.
very quickly. I'm sharing this secondhand. Mum told me about this. I think it was Ian Clayton said when um, Stephen was um, stoned to death and Paul was there and he was holding the coats of those and he was egging them on basically, um, God said to Satan, you'll pay for that one. And so he took Paul, who was who became Saul, who became Paul on the road to Damascus and he took Satan's key man and wrote most of the New Testament with him. That is very true. So don't underestimate what God can do. Even the one that you go, oh, is, is beyond hope, or she's beyond hope. It's true. It's true what God can do. Saul, who became Paul, was a complete opposite. And yet look at his missionary journeys and what he did for the kingdom of God. Yeah? So let's pray. Lord, I just thank you for your word. I thank you for the quickening of your spirit to reveal to us those things that are on your heart this morning. And Lord, I pray that um, you would just move us, that you would move our hearts and our minds, Lord, to just seek your face, to know what you want us to do individually and as a corporate body, Lord. I know that you, your heart is for a move of the spirit in this land. I know that your heart is for the lost and those that are searching and seeking, Lord. And we, we don't want to ignore that. So I pray that you would guide us, that you instruct us, and you would teach us how to pray, Lord. You'd teach us how to open the windows of heaven and, and, and what, what part we have to play in this move that you are desiring to have, that you are prophesying, that you are speaking about from heaven, that you are revealing. Teach us, Lord, we pray. Move us. Don't let us get distracted by the things of the world and the things that really are of no consequence in the big scheme of things. Provide for our needs, I ask, Lord so that we can focus on the things of heavenly importance. We pray in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Oh, and we pray a special blessing on the dads today. And those that aren't here, Lord, I pray you bless them, that you keep them safe, that they just have rest and lots of good food and all the things that dad love. Amen.